Shooters Connection offers products for competition shooters by competition shooters. With over 80 years of combined competition shooting experience, Shooters Connection is staffed by master and grandmaster shooters who live the shooting sports every day. Every day. We offer same-day shipping. Shooters Connection also sponsors over 100 of your matches every single year. So when it comes to finding everything you need to compete as a beginner or a seasoned grandmaster, Shooters Connection is the only name you need to know. Online at ShootersConnectionStore.com. Three, two, one, go. Uh, tonight we are joined by US IPSC national champion, Jeffrey Cawthon. U.S. IPSC second place finisher, Jay Beal, and myself, Potato, sitting in for our other Potato, Jeremy Reed. Yes, yes. <laughs> Jeremy had... So what do we have on the docket tonight, uh, Jeremy had previous uh, engagements, plans, Thanksgiving plans, so they're, they're headed out of town. So we got a couple of other guys on tonight, guys you've heard from before, and we're going to be talking, talking uh, U.S. IPSC Nationals, which was... I feel like it was pretty eventful. Uh, kind of a, a lot of things happened. It was raining a lot on Thursday, Friday. A couple of very sloppy stages. Uh, very different match flavor than we saw at USPSA Nationals. So many things to discuss. Also equipment changes and the way they handled chrono and equipment check. And I mean, honestly, it it was kind of a mess, The the match was. I say kind of is uh, used lightly, I guess. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're just going to peel back the layers of IPSC Nationals and get into to what went along there. So, IPSC Nationals was in Volusia. Is that how you say it? Or is that just the gun club? That's how I've okay. been saying it. Uh, Volusia Gun Club. That's the county and people say New Smyrna Beach for the yeah. place. And Volusia County uh, Gun and Hunt Club. Yeah. So, yeah, it was at that that club near uh, New Smyrna Beach. Or as lots of people were saying, which I don't know if it's correct, New Smyrna Beach. What's correct, Saul? I've been saying New Smyrna. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's correct. Smear. And, I, and then I the, the image that I that I conjure up in my mind is like smearing a butter right. on bread. I've, I've also heard so I, sh- Shmirna, new Shmirna beach. Shmirna. Ooh. I also heard that one. I, I imagine jam in that instance. <laughs> so bread. Not, uh, you're not going to put in cream cheese, like a schmear, locks, bagels, food of my people. No. Okay. No, toasted bread in this. Game. And I can actually like, you know, you feel the drag of the knife. I'm. You can do that, right, Saul? You, I can feel the drag of the knife. Yeah. Yeah. So it was uh, their first time ho- hosting U.S. IPSC Nationals. Um, the match moved there from another Florida club that had hosted it for most of the, the last few years, and uh, they hosted the Pan American Extreme at the same club last January, which was their first IPSC match there. They run a weekly uh, local. They've got about. 32 bays, uh, including, and then a, a full eight bay steel challenge, sort of permanent setup, um, rifle bays. It's a really big facility, I believe, run by um, Manny Bragg and Gorka um, Ibanez. Yeah. Is that correct? Um, <clears throat> I think that's, that sounds good. And you, you, Potato, have 
you were at the extreme match last year in body oh, but not in spirit in in body <laughs> <laughs> and so you were you were familiar with the the range and the and i think that you calibrated your expectations uh very well for what the match would be like i i, I and therefore then i i talked to you enough that i also calibrated my expectations identically because i i trust you okay so, so what does that mean like, dangerous how about like you, you calibrate your expectations what what happened at the other match that you that you had expectations for this one i felt like a lot of the bays were short and that the sort of default presentation um was generous and so the targets tended to be set up to invite entries and invite exits typically without a lot of risk. So I expected a lot of close entries and close exits. I expected a lot of obvious draw targets from obvious start positions. Now, most of the match did not have specified start positions. There was typically a logical mm -hmm. place to start, and there was almost always a friendly target to start from, typically an open target five to 10 yards away that the match, that the designer wanted you to start on. And if you came into a position that was typically an open target five to 10 yards away to cushion that entry. And that doesn't mean mm -hmm. it's not hard because then it's hard to be fast enough to be competitive, but it does mean it's very friendly um, in terms of shooting. And it really wanted to maximize opportunities for flow. Um, my suspicion is that both the, the folks involved with the match and then the physical layout of the bay would favor a lot of close, fast, open shooting. And I think that's mm -hmm. what I saw, but you might disagree, Jeff. No, yeah, I pretty much agree. So, um, yeah, so let's let's let that be our, the first thing that we discuss of of the match. Uh, let's just discuss the overall um, challenge, the overall challenge of the match, and how it relates to uh, USPSA handgun nationals, for example. Um, so, and I do agree with, with your assessment of, of the things that you just said. Um, it was a much, much faster, much closer match. Uh, I mean, it was, it was the complete opposite in my opinion of what handgun nationals was. And I would say it also, in my opinion, swung a little too hard the other way, um, not to say I didn't enjoy shooting a lot of it and I didn't find plenty of challenge. I mean, there's still plenty of rope to hang myself with. I shot 21 deltas. Mm -hmm. um, so it it still is challenging, right? Because in a match like that, then it becomes how fast can you do it? Not necessarily can you do it. I mean, I guess it's always how fast you can you do it, but even more so on a match like this. Um, you look at the, uh, and Saul, Saul, you mentioned this before, but you just look at the global, the global hit factor. And, and so we, did you do it for handgun nationals? Yeah. Do you know what it was for that? For division wise? It's, it's in the, I know for the optics divisions, it's high sixes. High sixes. And this match was what? Eight and a half. High eights. High eights. One so, so far. Yeah. It's a pretty big, pretty big difference i mean that that says a lot yeah and that i mean that's also 
there was a lot more short courses here and almost every single one of those short courses was a pretty quick fast shooting stage um they weren't there was i can't think of any like short course that was like a like difficult shooting like there was some with with swingers that were like not swingers you could just trap and plug them twice like they were fast-ish like you had to wait for a couple passes but there wasn't any that like I didn't feel like there was any short courses that were super technical and difficult shooting that would like be a short course that would drag the hit factor down a whole lot and when they last had the Pan Am Extreme you know obviously three to one format the same number of short courses they did use some of the bigger bays in a couple instances for short courses so they really yeah. pushed the hit factor down with a lot of obligated movement and very specific positioning. And even on a on a stage with five paper targets and two steel, there was something close and fast and something far and challenging in a really specific spot you had to get to. The flavor of the short courses here tended to be you could see everything you needed to do and you just needed to get there in time. Yeah. Uh, there was a few stages that were... <clears throat> that were really good. And we talked about that, like seven, eight, and six, seven, eight, I would actually say were three of the most sort of intellectually interesting stages to me. They were not my best stages, but they were the most interesting from my division, at least six, seven, eight and 17. And 17, I, I 17 makes me happy. I'm glad that exists. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, me too. Uh, of course you are you picked up a ton of points on it uh, but uh, but i didn't i i mean six it's uh i barely on seven and stuff like that but so there was some there was some good stages but it was not the majority of the stages and it wasn't like an even split and it wasn't like you got to test the vast majority of skills in a really good way like you would like you would want at a match um it was fun Oh, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like makes you nervous because you know, you go fast. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, I was going to talk about my performance, but I don't want to go there yet. Uh, let's keep talking about, uh, the match. Do you want, do you want to go? Cause if, if Jeremy was, <clears throat> if Jeremy was here, he'd be like, we have to go over the results of all the divisions that, but we can just go with the ones that we were not in um, or whatever. I don't know. Just so that people are not, who are not going to look at the scores, then, then yeah. they can, you know, have it like whatever, whatever oh. all the other, like revolver, you know, it's a very important division. So is PCC. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> we we, we could just say the winners the... and or, or the podium finishers for every division and no categories. Yeah. I mean, that's fine, but that's let's first fine. wait. First, let's just let's finish. Okay. Let's everybody get their say on like just the match, like setup, stages, um, all of that. So, so give us give us the uh, give us give it to us bluntly. Give us your opinion overall of let's say the stages. Let's just do the stages first. Yeah, just the stages. What's your overall feel of the stages? 
my overall feel was with the exception of the, some of the stages we mentioned um, and a couple of the stages with interesting, but simple activator challenges that a lot of, a lot of the match felt one dimensional in a different way. And so the Marengo Ohio matches I went to, I didn't go to handgun nationals, but I went to two other Ohio matches had a, a sameness that happened at that range. And this range had a sameness and the sameness here was when in doubt, sort of make it fast and flowy and open. Um, mm -hmm. And I would have, the stages I thought were most interesting weren't like that. They had yeah. really fast, flowy, open sections, but they weren't 24 or 32 rounds of that or 12 yeah. rounds of that. Yeah. Um, Jay, what about you? Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to say what, I like in stages and, and some of these had it, but I, I like when you test something really fast where you're going to be pulling the trigger basically as fast as you can. And then something where you go and do something controlled and then something where you go immediately back to doing something fast. Um, and, and that tested in a variety of different ways, because I think that that does a good job of testing kind of overall skill. Uh, an ability to like manage tension in a good way. And, and so this was kind of not, <clears throat> not a whole lot of that. There was some, there were some cool, and I mean, I'm just thinking of, you know, there was strong a hand and weak hand uh, tested on uh, a Rhodesian wall that kind of got people to do some funky stuff and hooking their feet and, and variety of different things. So I, I kind of liked those kind of challenges. I would have liked to see more stuff, that's like a little bit awkward on the short courses instead of um, what we mostly saw, which was draw to this target that's very obvious and then kind of rip through the rest of the stage as efficiently as you can. Um, yeah, and yeah. so, I don't know. That's my assessment. Okay. All right. And then for myself, yeah, I mean, I feel like it, it really swung in uh, the complete opposite direction of handgun nationals. Um, you know, after Hango Nationals, I was feeling very, uh, like, this is not the kind of match that I want to shoot. This was too difficult kind of deal. Um, after shooting this match, I kind of have a, a different feel. Not necessarily like I've flopped on that, but I kind of feel now that I almost don't mind shooting, like, matches that are just kind of one-sided like that. I mean, it sucks if that's the only match you shoot. And again, I don't really think that should be the national, like you shouldn't, that shouldn't be the national championship test to have something so one-sided like that. But uh, as far as like general matches, I kind of like going to different matches and having different variety wherever I go, whether it be a swing super difficult over here and super fast over here. I kind of like that, but probably not in this context. Uh, we probably want a bit more well thought out variety. Um, so I feel like we're still just kind of missing the mark, honestly, on what like overall shooting challenge should look like to test for a national champion. Um, but, so yeah, why does US IPSC nationals matter? Uh, 
I mean, it matters for points to qualify for the world sheet, right? So we should want the people who get those points to be best prepared to represent the U.S. Yeah. and USPSA at World mm-hmm. Shoot. Yeah. And so the matches that count as qualifying matches should select for the people best prepared to do that. Mm-hmm. They should. Yeah. I do think no, the right people won these matches, so that's not my complaint. But I don't think they necessarily are representative of the skills that, that will be tested at the next World Shoot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure we'll we'll find out, but um yeah, I would I would guess that not. Cuz yeah, I w- I wouldn't expect from what I've seen on from world shoot videos and whatnot for you don't see this type of shooting. Like they were almost flipped, right? Like USPSA Nationals was cl- was closer to what we see of like international type shooting, like really difficult long and some really long shots. And then our Ipsic nationals was a lot closer to what we would normally see from a USPSA match, which is a lot higher hit factors, faster flowy shooting. So it was just kind of backwards, which is what it is. Yeah. And we certainly will not see in, I mean, I, I, I have, a good friend in, in South Africa who shoots really well there. And we will not see what we saw last weekend in South Africa in 2025. Okay. It's just not what they, what they set up. Will we have 30 yard, six inch plates in South Africa in 2025? Yeah, we will. That was, will the we have prone I- shooting. <clears throat> yeah, we will. We will have prone shooting. And I, that was the other thing I was kind of, um, I was excited to shoot little plates far away. So I just, I want to do that because I've been practicing that. But this is separate. I wasn't like practicing it for this match. I didn't get to do that. I have to shoot extremely large full-size poppers at like hazardous distances. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, again, <clears throat> this is probably what I needed to shoot. Like this match was good for me. Um because I, I need to do things like this because <laughs> it was, that's more uncomfortable than being like, Hey, you should shoot these little uh, six inch plates at 30 yards. Um, like that's more comfortable to me than, than what we, what we did. But anyway, yeah, I, yeah. I think that this, this should be preparing people to shoot well at the world shoot, like prepare mm-hmm. the Americans that are traveling to the world shoot to do, to do well, or give them a taste of what they might see. Like, guess at it. Make a guess. Mm-hmm. And that's nothing against the, you know, Gorka or, or anybody who helps set it up or design stages or anything like that. It's just like, uh, that's what I want to see. I want to see it. I want to see a reasonable guess at what the test would be. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Okay, let's move on to the next topic, which is overall match flow organization and officiating who wants to go first i don't want to go first (laughs) could you go first i'll go first yeah i'll go first (laughs) um so there seemed to be a lot of things that were out of sync at this match uh not a lot of the 
uh, ROs and and crew there were really on the same page as far as what needed to happen, especially with the equipment check. They had equipment check cards. Uh, you're supposed to get equipment checked and get all the ROs signatures. Well, not even everybody got a card because I guess they ran out. And then you'd go to a stage and they'd ask for your equipment check cards and then half the crew wouldn't have them, but nobody really cared. And then you go to the next stage and and they didn't care. They didn't even ask for them. And then you go to the next stage and they'd be like, oh, well, you need it. And so they would give you one and fill it out. But now you have no signatures on it. Um, and then at the end of the day, everybody, I think, just threw them in the trash. Like they didn't even mean anything. Um, so that was weird. Uh, I, just for everybody to be on completely different pages as far as how that was supposed to work. And officiating. And I saw some officiating I really did not like. Um, I'm not really going to go into to detail on that, but just like some bad calling and really inconsistent ROing. And then also along the equipment check, they had a courtesy check there, which I guess was the only real equipment check. And he was, I honestly, I don't know if he was being super, super strict or, or like over the top because this is the first Ipsic match I've shot. But I mean, it seemed to me that he was not going to let somebody walk up there and say their equipment was okay. He was going to find something for every single person that the they place. needed they needed to fix or move. Uh, I did not see a single person walk up there and he was like, oh, you're good. So it seemed like he was just looking like he wanted everybody to move something. And I think that's bullshit. Um, but. That was my observation of equipment check. And then there was a pretty half-ass equipment check after that. Like it was basically the only thing that was checked was the gun distance from your hip. And that was it. Uh, so not great. Not great organization. Not great officiating. Um... Yeah, I guess that's all I really have to say about that. All right, you go, Saul. So if I, if I lead with the positive, the stats guy um, who was running stats was paying a lot of attention to match flow. And if a squad got hung up somewhere, he went and figured out why. Sometimes it was because of an RM call, an officiating, an administrative error. But he people were paying attention to potential backups and trying to sort of keep things on track. And when they ran out of daylight, because it was raining really hard and everything slows down when it's raining really hard, uh, they did reallocate staff to try and keep shooters from having to come back an additional day. So in, mm -hmm. in, in a challenging circumstances, I thought parts of the match administration did a really good job. The, uh, the, the gear check, I went to the courtesy check, everything, all of my gear was fine. And then when I got randomly selected for Chrono the next day, I showed up. He said, what are you doing here? I already told you everything you're doing is fine. I said, no, I'm here for Chrono. And he's like, okay, well, everything is still fine, right? And I said, yes. 
But I, again, I don't want to drag anybody, but I'll just share a couple of really brief anecdotes. We came to one stage, a variety of people in my squad who never went to Chrono and only had sort of pre-stage gear checks. Their gear was not compliant. It just wasn't. It was way too far forward. And one of the ROs who has traveled there from another country said, if this was a real IPSC match, that would not be okay. And that was his gear check. Um, on the positive front, I'll say the Jamaican RO teams and the Canadian RO teams exhibited a level of professionalism and like competent scoring and sort of stage flow management that was exemplary. Makes me want to shoot a match in Jamaica or Canada. Uh, I feel like those would be well-run matches. Um, ROs from elsewhere, including from the U.S., did not. I, I have never been to a major match with as many scoring errors that I've per personally witnessed. And I'm talking eight or nine Charlie's called alphas, multiple mics that never made it to the tablet, multiple wall hits that were not scored as mics, multiple on multiple stages, which undermines the integrity of the results for, for everybody. Um, I will say where I finished in the match, it doesn't affect me, but if you look at the bracket of people right above me or right below me, who knows? I have no idea. If you're within 2% of me on either direction and you feel bad that I beat you, you might have beaten me and you just got some terrible calls because uh, I saw absolutely haphazard scoring. People just loosely looking in the direction of the target and calling things two alphas that were sort of paired Charlies on either side of where the, the A zone tapers. Mm. Um, wall hits yeah. that were clearly wall hits, like full diameter, that were then left for some future competitor to have to argue about. And at a certain point, it's not my responsibility, is the old argument, to sort of maintain the integrity of the scores for everybody else. And I'm already disliked by enough people. I don't want my friends to hate me too. Uh, so at a certain point, I, sh I was quiet. But what I did do is I pulled aside the ROs, who were doing a really good job diligently looking at scores. And looking at targets and making correct calls and let them know that it was hugely appreciated that they were doing a great job and that I hope they could be cloned for future USF six matches. So anyway, yeah. I have a, I have a long <laughs> rant about officiating, but that, I'll stop there. Yeah. Uh, I, and what I'll say about it is um, <clears throat> that there are, well, I should say also all three of us were on different squads. And so like the scoring, the haphazard scoring thing, is not something that's only shared on like one squad or something like that. Like this is like, I, I saw this and, um, and it was uncomfortable. <laughs> just it's uncomfortable. very hard. It, it's hard to paste a target that was just called alpha Charlie and you only have one paster and it only goes on a Charlie. <laughs> that's hard. Um, and, <laughs> and so, so that's, that's part of it. Uh, and, and I should also say that I've heard from numerous sources about, I mean, the same thing about world shoot in Thailand. It was haphazard scoring from 15 yards away. Alpha Charlie, you know, like whatever. Over and over and over again. So like, this is not a, this is not like an isolated experience um, yeah. from at least what I've heard. I have not shot match world, but um, so there's that, that part. So there, I think what you said, you know, people who are doing a really good job getting the correct score or getting the score that the person shot, those people should be, um, uh, we should mention them. And, and you did, you did mention those people yeah. like the Canadians 
and I, yeah, we saw the same thing. They did a great, a great job with it. Um, and, and then the other, the other piece, the only other piece I'll say about it is the, um, and you kind of brought it up about, you know, that wouldn't fly at a real IPSC match. And back to what we were talking about earlier, this is, mm. the intention is to give us as close as we possibly can to a real IPSC match uh, so that we know what to expect. And like, again, with the equipment check per stage, filling out the card, turning it in because it means something, having, knowing that those cards are looked at to be like, okay, good. You got to check. You got initials from every RO or from every stage. So that means someone is looking at your gear. Someone is making sure you weren't swapping out your gun without uh, getting permission to, or whatever your serial number was, was the same, you know, all this stuff. And so, mm. um, <clears throat> yeah, that, that's it. All right. Well, that was a good, uh, good recap of officiating organization. Um, and yeah, I do, I do agree there, there were a couple of crews. Yeah. And notably some Canadians and Jamaicans that did a great job. Um, so thank you to them. Um, all right, so let's move on to results. Let's talk about results of this match. And let's let's just start. We'll just start at the bottom and work our way up here on practice score. And yeah, we'll just do we'll just do podium finishers. And what that means. Podium finishers standard. We got uh Gianni Giordano, Gior, Giordano. Is that did I say that right? Gianni Giordano. I think Giordano. So. Yeah. Uh, so first place to Gianni. Incredible finish. Uh, also second place to Blake Miguez, which is honestly bonkers. Uh, and then Scott Brown coming in third place. So, and then we had a hundred percent. Blake Miguez coming in at ninety eight. Point four eight percent, and then Scott coming in third at ninety five point three percent. So awesome job to do, Gianni Blake coming out of nowhere. I don't know if he's been shooting or what, but he, dude, Blake seems when he shows up, dude, he, he never just left. Rips he's in. not coming out of nowhere. Is he not? Has he been shooting a lot? No, but he's just never left. In any match he's in, he's 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 a threat to be up there. Yeah, I agree. He just. You don't see him, and he's like doing politician stuff, and and then he shows up to a match, and it's like he never left. Like you said, he just absolutely rips. Now it does help that this match played to his strengths, and that he's like a super fast shooter. So I'm sure that helped. But incredible job for from Blake coming in second place. Congrats to Gianni winning it all as a junior. That's pretty crazy. We had Scott winning. USPSA uh, limited as a junior, or w- maybe he was a week past being junior. Was that it? No, he was the youngest. He was the youngest person to ever win USPSA nationals overall. Right, Scott. Yeah, I just didn't know if he was still technically a junior. And IPSC junior goes to twenty-one. Right. Yeah, but USPSA doesn't. Um. So yeah, Gianni winning. As a junior, awesome finish in standard, and then we had some notable finishes here. 
Joey Sauerland, fourth place, and uh, Bobbert Kroggle coming in fifth place. <laughs> I think it's actually Cobbert um, Roth. <laughs> Cobbert oh. Roth. My bad. My bad. A lot of people, it's a, very, it's a strange Colorado pronunciation, but I think that's more typical. Right, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and mention these odd, odd divisions. Uh, revolver. Rich Wolf run one revolver, and then Alex back Bacon. Is that Bacon? Second place, Michael. I've always said Bacon, but but I believe you. Oh well, I don't know, so you shouldn't believe me. And Jay Slater. Jay Slater in fifth. Yes. And now moving on to. A very interesting division. Production optics. We got our podium finishers. Number one, Jacob Hetherington. Second place, Jay Beal coming in 95.5%. And Nils Jonasson coming in at 95.0%. So close battle between you and Nils there, Jay. Um... Yeah, awesome finish, dude. Incredible. I heard they were both motivated by Mike Dixon and not wanting to be called grandbaggers by Mike Dixon for oh, not yeah. finishing over 95%. So both Nils and Jay sort of made sure they got there just to, to keep Mike happy. No, that's that's an awesome finish, though, Jay. Um, what do, you, do you have any thoughts thoughts on your finish here? Just on the finish. I I've been thinking about it, and... I have no, I have no thoughts other, like I just, I didn't shoot at like what I was telling you that I was going to try to shoot like Jeff, you know that <laughs> I just shot like I, like I normally shoot and, and there was a, a slight change in just how I, cause I knew what the match might be like that I changed a little bit on that. I kind of, that I knew I would have to be a little bit more aggressive. Um, and so, oh, but you're asking about the finish. Yeah, I don't have any thoughts about the finish. Zero. You also shot. It looks um, like a pretty normal J finish to me. Yeah, freaking three deltas, no penalties. Pretty nutty. Pretty nutty. Especially since this no, was a match don't, that don't really. Don't focus on that. Focus it, on it, the fact it, that. It, it, it enticed you to go fast and, and to drop points. And you just still didn't. I did. I did go fast. I did go fast, Jeff. You have to realize Jay had the mo- the highest accuracy at the last two USPSA nationals. Maybe not the last one, but the previous one. Yeah. So typically Jay has more alphas than anybody in the match. So he did go fast. And he did drop points. I did. Okay. All right. It's not penalties. Fair. Or Delta. No, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I can't sit here and say you didn't go fast, right? Because it's an extremely fast division, and you're second place and beat some incredible shooters. So, yeah, I can't say you didn't go fast. That's for sure. But not twenty-one Delta fast. That's a different yeah, level no. of speed. <laughs> no, not. I didn't do what Jeremy wanted me to do, which was uh, yeah. Well, you know, we can't all please Jeremy. 
I, w- I would even argue to say that none of us can please Jeremy. Um, all right. Well, great job, Jay. Production? Production. Mason Lane, first place. Sal Luna, second at 97.9%. And third place, Casey Reed, 97.9%. Wow, they're both 97.9%. Holy cow. Yes. Separated separated by uh, two tenths of a point. That's crazy. Yeah. Hmm. Um, So, yeah, Mason coming up with the win. You guys remember where Mason finished at USPSA? Six. Am I wrong? He was down there a, a, a little ways, I think. But awesome finish to to Mason. But we know Mason is pretty damn good at shooting fast as well. He is. He's, yeah. He's very good. Uh, also, sh- notable finish to Tyler Turner here. Fifth place, the other hortic- horticulture bro. Nice job, Tyler. Yeah. Hell yeah. Go grow some mushrooms. <clears throat> I, I looked it up because I was curious. He finished fourth at um, fourth? Handgun Nats, which is what okay. I thought. He couldn't have finished sixth because that was Tyler's. That was Tyler's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Mason four. Nice. Nice. And then, uh, we'll, we're, you know, we're even going to talk about PCC, man. Because Jeremy's not here and we can. It's not clear this is a qualifying match for PCC. What do you mean? Like it's not clear that it it is. We like we don't know if it is. That's no, no, correct. Be- because I um, PCC has its own world ship. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Zach Smith first place. So that altered the field. But Zach Smith win won. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. And then Joshua Cardenas. Cardi B, Cardi B, the nicest smelling man in practical shooting. Wow. He's incredibly handsome. He always smells wonderful. And he's like very, very friendly to boot. It's impossible to believe he was a Marine, but it's true. That's very interesting. I mean, that's not a title that I've heard thrown around. The nicest smelling man in shooting. So congrats to him for that. He's a good shooter, too. Uh, third place, Marco... Why am I the one saying names? Marco Cabahug? Cabahug. I don't know how to say it. All right, well, congrats to him. Open. All right, this is, this is interesting. Open. Uh, Brian Jones, first place. Casey Isebio. Second place, and Mike Wang, Wang, Wang. Third place. So those are our top three. But I think what's interesting is the next three placers, which are John Vlieger in fourth, Christian Saylor in fifth, Aaron Edens in sixth. 
Um, also, like these scores are super compressed. So all these people were super close in the results. Uh, we have 100%, 98.8% for second, 98.1%, and then 97.3%, 97.2%, 96.1%. So everyone up there is super close within 60 points. All those are within 60 points of each other. So pretty crazy finish there. Apparently, Brian Jones was just tearing it up. No penalties. I mean, so I did shoot with I did shoot with Brian Jones, and nobody knows who Brian Jones is, um, but I know who he is, um, and I have his <laughs> phone number now, so he cannot escape me anymore. Uh, oh wow! <laughs> no, but he he's been he's been doing this for a long time, and um, he's really fast and and he's i think at least from talking to him a little bit he's had to rein that in over the years and and uh and he let some of that out at this match and it and it worked out well for him um and like yeah, he shot good on the do. on the stage that was the yeah the, there was the stage that was like a 13 14 hit factor the one where you run in the mud and yeah. you shoot targets that are really really close he shot oh that um, one that one, uh, yeah, right. The one is that one, but exaggerated, like more of that one. Um, uh, he shot four delta on that one in like the fa- like seven and a half seconds or something ridiculous. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it was yeah, it was pretty cool. But then he just shot super consistent, like all the whole match. Yeah. Um, nice job, Brian. He won't listen to this either. I don't. I don't. Hi, Brian, if you are. <laughs> Hi, Brian. <laughs> Hi. Uh, yeah. Well, there's you know who pictures. wouldn't say hi to winners? Jeremy Reed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he's not here so we can shit on him the whole time. It's going to be great. <laughs> well, no, because the next winner is classic if we're reading from right to left, right? Yeah, yeah, classic. Classic. And our In winner first is... place, you, Jeffrey Cawthorn. <laughs> right, yeah. Who didn't even stay to pick up his plaque. I was going to pick it up for you, but I guess they'll just mail it to you. Yeah, they'll mail it. Yeah, so myself, first place, John McClain, second place, uh, Tim Heron coming in third place. Incredible finish for Tim, honestly. Good performance. I think Tim. we should go down to fifth, just to be just just to be fair, because it got close okay. there. Fourth place, Jeremy Reed, and then uh, fifth place, Paul Clark Jr. So there you go, classic finish right there. Yes, I got the Ipsic win. I mean, this is this though the field. This is this is kind of strange because the the title is really cool. Like, this is technically a national championship. So, I get this title, right? That's really cool. It is. I'm really excited about that. What kind of robs me of a little excitement about it is that it's it's just a field of shooters that I have beaten before. So, I didn't, like, overcome anything or any one to get the title so that kind of robs me of some some satisfaction but 
still very cool. Still very cool to have the title of winning that match. So I am pretty excited about it. Excited to get the plaque too. Yeah. You should be. Was was your wife excited? Did you explain to her that you are a national champion now? Like all that time you spent practicing and being away from the family? You know, I mean, she was more excited than she's been about any other match that I've shot. So there's that. Um, That's what really (laughs) Right? Yeah. I mean, that does mean something to me quite a bit. Uh, yeah. Very cool. See, I just got congratulations from people reading the overalls. <laughs> oh, yes. Did you, do you get the new Jeff or no? Get what? Get congratulations from people just looking at the overall, just overall results from a match. Combined divisions. What do you mean? Jeff doesn't understand. Yeah. No, but what do you mean? Really like, funny. What do you mean combined overall? Like, I know what combined overall is, but like... So people who... There are people in my life, and apparently there are people in Jay's life, too, who look at a match I attended, and they look at the overall, and they're like, congrats on your 106th place finish. It's like, well, I didn't do great, but I wasn't 106th, man. You got to filter out all the open shooters. (laughs) Really? Interesting. (laughs) Hmm. And this happens a lot. Like, the only time it doesn't happen is single division nationals... But I'll have like ants, but I also have people who shoot who only ever go to their like main loading page and practice score. And they'll be like, great job. I'm 48. I'm like, I was fifth. <laughs> yeah. And this isn't like, because I, 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 people who shoot also sent me a congratulations on a, on an overall finish, or it wasn't even a congratulations. It was like, and, and, and I, if this, this person's listening, this isn't a, like you just pulled up the overall scores. I know this person. He's my friend. He's my dear friend. Um, and and it was congratulations on your on your finish. Is that good? You know, like because <laughs> you don't. You're like, are you happy with that? Like, no. See, like, so you were eighty eight. Like, you were eighty eight percent in eighteenth. Do, do you feel good about that, Jay? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Is that good? <laughs> oh, oh, you were eighty eight percent of the open shooter. In the division you weren't contesting. Yeah, okay, well, who knows? (laughs) Yeah, and it's just like practice score pulls, it shows you the overall immediately. And so, like, if you're not, if, if it's late at night and you're tired and you just like pull up the scores from the, from a match and you're like, oh, he did that, you know. So it's like, just practice score should not show that. Make, make people select a division before you see results. Oh, okay. This is yeah, the I mean, most minor problem. <laughs> no, I haven't had people do that, honestly. Not at a major. Like, well, first, I don't have any, like, people outside of shooting that look at shooting results. Like, nobody's going to look at results of a match that I shot. Uh, they'll ask me. And, yeah, they'll ask me how I did, and then I'll tell them. But... Or, but one that I do find confusing is when I go shoot a club match and, you know, there's, there's a bunch of open shooters and PCC shooters. And I finish like, you know, third or fourth or fifth place out of, in the, in the overall, but there's nobody shooting single stack. So there's that. 
and then I'll go to like talk to my parents and they'll be like, yes. well, they'll be like, how'd you finish? And I'll be like, uh, I mean, fifth, I guess there's nobody, <laughs> nobody in my division. And they're like, Oh, well, <laughs> good job. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, it was just a practice <laughs> match. Uh, yeah. It is, it is a weird thing to, to try to convey to people that don't, don't follow it super close. Right. Unless you win, like, yeah, you have to follow it super close. Yeah. Unless you win like an overall and you can just be like, I won, I won it all. I'm the winner. <laughs> well, and you also have to explain that you're competing for you in in a classic or single stack. If you're going to a big match, you're competing against people who care about that division. So the first of, you know, 40, it, it doesn't really matter because it's, it's, it doesn't matter how many people are like revolver is a great example for this. I think there's 11 revolver shooters in the match and six of them are the top six shooters from the most recent nationals. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if there's, six revolver shooters at this match or 60, right? Like the same six guys are fighting for it. Yeah. It's just always more impressive if you beat, you know, 50 people than if you beat 15 people, you know? I don't know. Some people on this call beat 145 people. <laughs> That's true. And it wasn't me. And if we put it in the overall, he beat like 438. Damn. All right, so yeah, I beat I beat Jeff. So you did, you did. I almost beat Potato though. I beat I beat a national champion. <laughs> <laughs> I beat a national champion. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, all right, well, before we get into like our our last topic, which I guess we're gonna hit pretty quick because we don't want to be on here too long. Uh, let's give a couple of shout outs. First one to Shooters Connection for sponsoring today's episode. Thank you to Shooters Connection. I'll be placing an order momentarily since my thumb safety broke sometime at Nationals. And I noticed it when I got home and pulled my gun out this morning. So my thumb safety is broken. Who knows how long it's been broken. Um, so I'll be ordering a new one from Shooters Connection. But I know they'll get it to me quickly because they're doing same day shipping run by some great people, sponsor a lot of matches, uh, support them as they support the podcast and the sport. We do appreciate them. Um, so use the link below. Let them know that supporting the podcast is supporting the sport and doing them well, as well as the sport. And then we have a shout-out from our Patreon group, John Headland Says, shout-out to Wade Meyer, Bill Moore, and Eric Peterson for donating their time and efforts to expand the Lewiston Pistol Club bays and parking area. Great volunteers and upstanding-ish gentlemen. I think that was kind of a dig there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thank you to those gentlemen. So, last last topic on the docket. Your personal performance, gentlemen. And I want to hear from Jay first. What, what, a, like what, what specifically about it? I want to know. Do you want to hear? Well, you said that you, 
you you shot fast at this match. So I want to hear how that went. What was the struggle? Did you learn anything? Did you push through any barrier that you were trying to get through? Um, just give us that. Give us that side of it. Your performance. Yeah, I mean, I think because I had an idea of what this would kind of be like, I knew. And so, like, my training in mostly in dry fire was based around just cueing a ton of aggression immediately and just like making that start start to feel more normal than it than it was um and i think that 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 helped me you know go up to a stage and see a target that i'd be drawing to and then be able to cue some aggression that i wouldn't have necessarily had before and so that was like an easy thing that i did in dry fire that that helped with that. And, I, and that's going to be helpful no matter the, no matter what the match is. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think I just default got a little bit more aggressive um, through, through training. Um, and then part, the other part of that is like the, and this is for Tyler, because we're going to talk about mental game and he's going to be like, yeah, just, <laughs> just go eat an apple or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I'll, I'll do a mental management in mental management. There's something called a preset, which is you kind of decide ahead of time before you go to a match, what you're going to kind of behave like, what your behavior will be, um, or something that you want to focus on specifically for, for that event. Um, and this was more specific around, um, around being I don't know exactly how to how to say I looking at stages and and I'm not fully there but I think that this helped a little bit looking at stages for you know what the winning run will be on that stage and um and using that in programming on the stage like when I mentally rehearse the stage to help myself get closer to that hmm. Okay. And so I think like I didn't do that perfectly the entire time because that's uncomfortable for me to do. It's that's a newer thing for me to do. Um but I think I'll be able to use that along with other secret sauce um from the person who beat me uh that will be going forward and doing that in the future. I don't know, is that is that enough, Jeff? Are you happy? I mean if if that's if that's all you want to share, man. If you don't want to share any other secret sauce, that's fine. Whatever not yet so wait hold on just one more question about the secret sauce is this observed or like literally shared oh it was shared shared but it wasn't shared as here's secret sauce right it was shared as um here it was like oh this is what i'm doing right how do you do x oh to do x i do y so it's y in that statement okay yeah. Gotcha. Very cool. I think it's going to be extremely effective. Really? I think it blows the whole thing open. It really does. Oh, hell yeah. Yep. Well, I'm excited then. That's awesome. Yeah, so you're going to have to keep on listening to Hit Factor if you want to if you want to hear it exposed. And did you have fun? Did you have fun when John Luke Rubin did this? Now Jay's doing it too. 
yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back. And, in and like... you're going to have to order things from... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to keep talking over you. No, that's Your fine. internet's so terrible. I know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're going to have to order things from Shooters Connection and keep listening to the podcast and subscribing to the Patreon so that Jeff and Jeremy can make more really cool videos. And then maybe in the Patreon only, you'll hear what the secret sauce is. Mm. And it's not mm. even my secret sauce. Right. It was just delivered to my ears. Right. Well, that's what we do on here. Nobody comes on here and shares their personal secret sauce. They, they share other people's secret sauces. Right. All right. Well, I look forward to hearing that about that in, you know, six months or something like that. Um, potato, tell me about your match. I think your match is more interesting and we're running up on time. So let's hear about yours. And no. I've got some questions for you. No, I want to hear shot... about your match. No, your match first. Do it. We have a, Do we it. have a lot of audio lag, so back and forth is going to be rough. So let's just hear about your match, but I've got a couple of questions for you. Does that work, Jeff? Okay. All right. At what point in your match did you decide to shoot with the freedom that you exhibited? Probably stage one, which was our third stage, third stage of the match. Yeah, so it would have been, we started on 17, I kind of shot it like dog shit, uh, then we shot 18, I shot that one even worse, uh, <laughs> and then we went to stage one, which we had a series of short stages after that, and I was I was a little pissed off, uh, not bad, I was just like, man, why couldn't I start good? I like to start good, uh, so I was just frustrated, and then we came to one and it was a couple of short courses. And like, if you look at the scores, I absolutely crushed those two stages. Um, so we showed up there and I was like, I was getting kind of nervous. And I was like, man, I, I think I would just want to shoot this match fast. Like, I think I just, I think I'm just going to like put the gas down and kind of not care and just shoot and see what happens and I'm going to miss stuff and I'm going to not care and I'm just going to keep doing it. Um, so that's what I did. I just decided to push really hard and fast. And not only that, but I was talking to Jeremy about this as well. It wasn't just that I was shooting fast. I would like look at the stage and I'll be like, okay, this is how people are going to shoot this for the most part, like with minor tweaks as far as engagement order or whatever or in an array. And then I would sit back and be like, where can I risk it? Where can I risk it for the biscuit on this stage and grab another second? And so that's what I would do. I would try to hit a popper on the move. I would hit another target on the move. I would come in on a target that I should not come in on. Uh, yeah, I was just like, for the rest of the match, I was looking for opportunity to risk it. And that's how I shot the whole match. So Wait. I made a lot of mistakes, but yeah, I'm, I want to, I want to interrupt you before Saul gets the chance to interrupt you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm in, I'm in with the audio. I'm talking and I can blab along for as long as I want. No, um, so this is something, and I'm just making this observation. Um, this is something that happened during the match. Like what you're talking about to a different degree 
is what I decided to do before I went to the match. And then this is what you decided to, to a different degree during the match. And I'm just thinking this is, this is really cool because I did, I did the same thing in, in certain instances where I would do something that would be more risky than I normally would do yeah. to, for the sake of like the stage winner will do this thing. Anyway, I'm done talking now. You can yeah. uh, now talk and interrupt him, Potato. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm glad you two had that little moment there because that's <laughs> as, a, as a listener, that's what I'm hearing. You guys describing your own sort of personal processes, but for identifying how would somebody win this stage. And they'd win it by taking risks. If everybody just shoots it comfortable, then everybody, it's just kind of a mess, right? Everybody's winning a little bit. But Jeff went and won some stages, right? Like you didn't just like survive them and like be in the mix and wait for everybody else to make more mistakes than you. You like went and took match points. And that was cool. And I'm hearing both of you guys saying that was a conscious decision with respect to this match. And it seemed like the perfect match to experiment with that. Yes. Yeah, it really was. Because though it was a lot of like closer, faster things, there was still like stuff that was, okay, that's that's still beyond the limit of what I should be trying to do here. Um, A couple of examples were uh, just hitting like a mini popper that's out at like, 15 or 15 yards ish, probably maybe a little further, probably 15 ish and hitting that while moving, uh, with iron sights when I have like two extra rounds. Um, so it was just decisions like that, but also this is kind of crazy. Like I risked it like that probably, I don't know, five or six times. And I think I only missed, like actually missed what I was trying to hit one time out of all those like crazy chances that I took. Um, And one of them was, Uh, one of them was an entry. Same experience for myself. Yeah. One of them was an entry on a really short target or a really short, it was actually a short array. It was stage... Uh, uh, crap, I can't remember. I think it was 16. I think it was the last one we shot. Um, yeah, it was the one I took the video of potato shooting. Um, so the last position, you'll see, like, if you look at the time, I kind of had a normal time for it for like the top iron sight, low cap shooters. Um, but that was because I missed the steel that I was, I was trying to hit sooner. Um, so I, I took a miss and made the makeup and had a normal time. Whereas if I would have accomplished my task, it would have had a slightly faster time than my competitors. But yeah, it was like, I came in and I was like, instead of going in and leaning into this hardcover, I'm just going to come in. And before I, like, as soon as I can see that steel, I'm going to throw one at it and then I'm going to go to the hardcover and then come back around. And so it, you know, it cost me like three tenths of a second or something like that, but yeah, dude, it was stuff like that the whole match. I was just shooting crazy. I have not shot a match like that in a very long time, and it was quite enjoyable. Um, frustrating at times, but then I would look at the score on one that I screwed up. Like, I would shoot really fast and have a mic 
And then I would look at the score and I'd be like, damn, I, I mean, that sucks, but I shot so fast that that didn't really hurt that much. Like I, like I took a mic, but it's still 85%. So then I would just be like, all right, screw it. Let's just keep doing it. Let's just keep going. Uh, so that's what I did. It was a lot of fun, dude. It was so fun. So what were, so what were you, what were you thinking on 17 and 18 before you had that realization? Were you trying to be in control? It was, I was just shooting were super you trying normal. To be clean. What were you thinking? Just... Yeah, just my normal game plan. Just go in, shoot consistent, see my sights on every shot, try to pick the center of the targets. Yeah, just super normal shooting. And then I can't even remember what I did on stage 17. Uh, 18, I was the first up, and I just screwed up the plan. And Potato and I talked about that, but... Yeah, I just screw up the plan and end up having to backtrack and to go get a piece of steel. So it cost me, you know, at least three seconds, somewhere between three and five seconds, most likely. Um, I I honestly cannot imagine how anyone's dumb enough to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody look at my stage time for stage 18. That was the best I could do. That was really clean execution. Eight seconds off the base, I promise. Um, I, I want to talk about Jay for a minute because it's fun for me. Because I saw his, his video on the plane. And so you can correct me on the details on this. But on stage 17, talking about taking these risks. And stage 17 is a stage that a lot of people had anxiety about at the match. I can honestly say that was not the stage that scared me. The stages that scared me were the super fast open ones. Because it's like, I don't think I'm fast enough. And then I get really tense and I struggle. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm not Jacob Heatherington fast. Nobody who isn't Jacob Heatherington is Jacob Heatherington fast. But I'm a lot faster than I shot those stages if I just relaxed and shot them. Anyway, that's an aside. So stage 17 people were scared about because there was an activated target that presented through um, no-shoot steel with sort of a V-shaped window that's yeah. slightly wider than the A zone. It was probably, at, I don't know, 10, 12 yards. It wasn't super far away. But you come into the position. It's the logical end of the stage. You activate it immediately next to the activated target. And there is nothing to do in that position besides a 90-degree transition to about a 25-yard target that's yeah. open way off to the side. And I did see people activate pick up the open target as if the swinger was going to slow down. It didn't slow down, come back to it. That, that didn't really matter. Anyway, I watched Jay's video on the plane flying home. And what he did is he said, when I activate it, there's going to be dead time while I'm waiting for it to present between the no shoot steel. So let me activate it before I settle into the position and I'll use the time of the target moving to settle, to take my two pass clean shot through mm -hmm. that little gap. And so he comes steaming into the front of the stage. And so he shoots the activator on the move so that he can I shoot through this tiny. And I think you, you missed it. And you made him, I had a makeup, right? But I was on the move, so it's fine. But it, yeah, you were on the move, so it was bad. But you were done shooting it before you were set up for the hard shot. And that's exactly the kind of decision making of, hey, the person who wins this stage, they're not going to settle, activate, deal with the activated target. They're going to activate, settle, in the dwell time between activation and availability. And so that yeah, yeah. I imagine that's one of those micro decisions in a really specific place to take on yeah. additional risk to, to shave time. I also committed to, I was only going to take two passes on that swinger. Mm -hmm. I was, I was not going to take three passes on it. If only if I knew that I missed it entirely. 
I would take a third pass. Yeah. Which is something that I would like, I, that very intentional stuff. And to be clear, I, I did not win that stage. Um, you were 96% on it or something. I mean, like, but you, you shot the winning stage plan. You just didn't happen to yeah. win it. And, and it, and it was, and it was a really good, it was a really good time on that stage. But yeah, no, that's a, that's a good example of, of that. And that was multiple times in the match. And, and, and like Jeff was saying, it's, but I didn't shoot, I didn't shoot misses like Jeff or Delta's, but, um, <laughs> but, but, abnormal to me i i shot five charlie on on like a couple of stages that were like re- were really short stages so it was a lot of charlie mm-hmm. but and i was and i'm in the moment i'm like ah oh, five charlie and then looking at the score i'm like oh but the time was really good so it's totally fine <laughs> right yeah so mm-hmm. i don't know that that kind of stuff is cool. but yeah okay uh Saul, you should talk about your match and, and what you're gonna and what you're doing in the future and 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 how you're going to beat Jeff uh, in single stack. Yeah. Just to be very clear, I'm not going to beat a national champion. I'm going to come with it a preset handicap. (laughs) Only so that he can do something he desperately wants to do anyway, which is compete at a high level with the dot gun. So, like, this is... Everybody's (laughs) motives here are all mixed up. Like, if, if my goal was to set out to beat Jeff at single stack... That would be very, very ambitious. I would have to put in the kind of work I'm not going to put in in the next eight weeks. Um, and I, and just putting in that work wouldn't get me there. So, no, I'm not beating Jeff at anything. I'm going to come within a handicap percentage so that he has to shoot limited optics. And it'll be fun. Um, right? Yeah. No, it'll be fun. <laughs> and I win by default if he doesn't show up at the match. You do. I'll That's give true. you that. Yeah. there Because there is that chance. There is that chance that I just don't show up. So I will take that. I thought this was a great match for me because it was very small, um, like 18 stages and three to one format. And so both days um, I finished shooting feeling like, okay, now I'm in the zone. Give me five more stages and I can make right. some ground uh, where I, I had sort of rocky starts both days. And uh, by trying to be too in control of what was happening, and I don't mean in control, like, controlled shooting i don't mean slow shooting i mean like controlling outcomes really invested in outcomes and so uh that was fun it was interesting um i it's not a match i care about i'm not trying to qualify for a world team it's a match i wanted to shoot because i wanted to shoot it because i thought it would be interesting and i liked the idea of ipsc and i wanted to sort of hang out with friends and be in florida and you know shoot a match where top heat would be there um so like What's that? We just want no. We just wanted to run on the beach. That's all we That's wanted true. to do. So, so I and I'm saying all of that not to diminish other people who beat me. It's not like my performance doesn't matter. But I don't know why I felt so tense when I had on its face very little invested in the match. Um, but I felt very very tense, which was interesting to me. And both days when I got to a spot of freedom, I shot really well. Um, didn't set the world on fire, but I shot really well. It's like, okay. Um, I need to develop ways to shoot with that kind of freedom earlier in a match. Not, not wait till I've shot all the field courses to shoot with freedom. You, you shot swingers, you shot swingers really well. Um, I did on short courses. I tried, I actually did do the, I tried to identify the winning stage plan for activator sequences and just shoot that because I, I can hit those 
um, aggressive. You're a grand. It's also, he's a grandmaster, so he can do it. Not an IPSC. Yeah, no, 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 none of us are. Didn't stop Jeff from registering as one. Oh, Jeff, you, oh, Jeff, I'm giving you a really hard time about that. You know, it, it doesn't. Stolen Valor. Wait, they don't, they don't have. everybody. He's a fake. They don't even have classes, right? They, they, they do. do. But, but we oh. don't, we have not earned them yet, Jeff. Oh, okay. See, I thought they just didn't have classes. And so since the option was there, I thought we were supposed to fill it out. I was like, well, I don't even think they have classes. So I I was confused at what I was supposed to do. So when in doubt, just say GM. Yeah. (laughs) Anybody listening, thinking about going to their first match, I advise you to do the same. You want to register open GM. It's how people know you're serious. That's right. Who else registered? Everybody registered as a G. Is everybody else not me? Only in classic, man. <laughs> Is it just the boomers that do that? All right. Uh, over in production optics, only the IPSC Gs registered as IPSC Gs, and the other top ten people just left it blank. I could still select a G if I wanted to. I just, I just didn't because I, because I'm not a, I'm not a G in uh, IPSC, Jeff. Okay. All right. Whatever. Whatever. I am. I am. Okay. Self, self-declared. self Well, you're okay. a national champion. That's actually better than GM. Yeah. I have this argument with people all of the time. They're like, why don't we have a way to recognize people who win big matches? I'm like, we do. They're called national champions. They don't need a thing. We just call them champions. Like, that's a special title. The only way you yeah. get it is by winning. Oh, yeah. You don't that... need, like, super-duper GMs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's, that's one thing national I would like to champion do. Jeffrey Cawthon. I would like to say, I would now like to re- be referred to as champ, as I think is the the uh, the title that you you take on once you win a title, right? You can be called champ. Is that correct? All right, champ. Yeah, champ. There it is. <laughs> there. Oh, all right. Uh, real quick, let's let's see if we have a question real quick that we can just like touch on from the discord uh oh here's here's a real quick one did shooting schedule weather decide the match i don't think so no i i'm gonna be really blunt because i and i can look across the divisions and say this the likely winner from no division shot in the worst weather also having shot in rain that was as bad as that florida rain which means like two inches of rain in a day Mm-hmm. depending on who you are and what the division and what the match is, it's somewhere between a 2 and a 5% penalty. It's not a match decider. Jay's one match is shooting in rain like that against good shooters. There you I go. did that. I was there. <laughs> it was very <laughs> wet. I switched to iron sight. It was raining so hard I shot irons. He said, no, nope, not shooting a dot in this. <laughs> Cold and wet rain together. No. So no, the weather didn't. The, the schedule and the weather and the in and the the big complaint for people on our schedule is if you shot between bays seven and eleven, between seven in the morning when first shots went on and eight thirty in the morning, you shot staring directly into an enormous ball 
of hydrogen, um, <laughs> a nuclear reactor converting hydrogen to helium, and you looked uh, it dead in the eyes, and then yeah. you shot guns at it. Um, uh, and, anyone's and it, it was the sun. The sunshine. It was the sun. It was the sunshine, yeah. and it comes right over the bay, and it looks you straight in the eyes, and it <laughs> burns your retina, and it leaves Rat- an afterglow, and you can't even see targets, let alone dots. And that's a real thing. And people have shot in Florida facing east know about this. Um, so, yeah. yes, did not shoot in four inches of active rain. I st- shot in two inches of previous rain called mud and stared down the sun. And I that won. sun was brutal, dude. Those, the, If you were on those bays, which you were because you were one squad behind us, once you got to eight and it's you come up onto this bridge and you got to shoot a swinger and all you can see is sunlight. And then as soon as you shoot, all you see is smoke. <laughs> it was, it was nuts. Yeah. No matter, no matter what kind of powder you're using. All the N320 in the world can't save you now. <laughs> no, dude, it was crazy. That, that was probably like the most blind shooting that I have done was that corner right there. When you come off that bridge. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. No, Tim Heron didn't have to shoot that in the sun. <laughs> he just shot it in the rain. But... <laughs> oh my also, God. hi, hi, Tim Heron. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yes, I would rather shoot in the sun than the rain. But on two stages that had the most points in the match, I stared directly into the sun and had no idea. I couldn't see the target. I could see a vague silhouette of a target. Yeah. And I could see nothing of a sighting system. And I just trusted body index because it was the body index nationals. Um, and <laughs> I knew if my shoulders and my hips were square to the open targets, I was probably getting alphas. There you go. That's a hack, folks. That's a hack. Close your eyes and point your hips. <laughs> Can you can you name that episode this? Can you be like hit factor number what number whatever number you guys are on? Yeah. Close your eyes and point your <laughs> That's so good. Oh, that'd be yeah. so good. Uh one more question here. What do you do from a mental preparation state, both before and during the match when you know you're going to be shooting in really shitty conditions? So how do you mentally prepare for shitty condition shooting? Like what do you say to yourself do you just ignore it what do you do i i'm gonna make tyler really angry tyler turner good 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 let's ignite this beef ignite ignite the beef i want him to be uh, so upset when he's listening to this that he has to like put a message in the discord and be like (laughs) no i take back any of the nice things that i said about you when i posted that thing on instagram of the picture of you and i and he's gonna like delete the post (laughs) and um and (laughs) Um, I, I genuinely get excited and if I, I'll force it at at first, but I get really excited if, if I have to do any kind of abnormal thing that's, that's considered like annoying, Mm -hmm. like stand in the water or shoot in the rain. Like if it starts to sprinkle and I'm about to shoot, I'm like, oh man, this is, this is actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. I do like the Jocko thing, you know, where he's like, yeah, you broke your foot. Good. Good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like I, so 
and it totally works for me. Mm-hmm. It works. It's yeah. like my feet are soaked and I wish I didn't actually have shoes on. Good. That means that like, I don't have to think about, like, I can just forget about everything and just shoot the targets. It's fine. Yeah. Potato. Looking right into the sun. Good. Body index. <laughs> I'll be honest. That stuff doesn't bother me at all. It really doesn't. Uh, and yeah. there's conditions where it's cold rain, especially you're shooting in thirties and it's raining mechanically your hands stop working and like everyone's shoulders sag and like their chin drops and it takes them forever to paste and like you're yeah. lifting up the wet frozen bags and your fingers can't and the paster falls off the wet target and like people it's just like such sad puppy dog atmosphere um for me personally i try to become a cheerleader in that moment and get kind of silly and loud and have fun and splash around and get really wet and stop trying to keep myself dry. Um, and it might annoy my squad mates and they might think, mm-hmm. why is he trying to cheer me up? It's like, Oh man, it's not you. <laughs> like me cheering you up. It's not for you. I promise. I don't care how you feel. Uh, yeah. It's for me, but it works really, really well. If you go around like hyping people up and like you get them excited and you get their blood moving, my brain doesn't know who I'm excited about. And so then when I get to the line, I'm in that mood too. Like if I'm cheering people on, I'm cheering me on. I really believe that. Like I know that's like some happy horse shit. Sorry, Tyler Turner. But if I'm like (laughs) cheering for you, I'm cheering for for me. Yeah. I just think that the 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 worst thing to do is to is to be like, now my now because it's raining, my match is taking a five percent Mm-hmm. dip no matter what yeah, yeah and then you're like and then you like think your head and you like shrug your shoulders and you're like my dots filled up with water and <laughs> congratulations and so, on your 12 percent dip yeah so then you've just turned it into 12 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you have definitely made sure that it's not three percent dip because yeah, yeah. And, and and i think that so much like so i'm just gonna do a very this is for jeremy this is a brief cold water thing um when so when you get into cold water no it doesn't matter who doesn't matter who you are when you get into cold water uh you cannot hide who you are like you can't hide your body's reaction or your your feelings like everything is exposed um and and so in that moment, this is why Jeremy should go uh, into cold water often, um, is so that <laughs> when you are faced with these these situations, you're like, good, because I made myself go into cold water like every morning, and and I and I let myself like be vulnerable. Uh, I'm just by myself, but like I I have done way harder things than what I'm about to do. Mm. Um, okay, I think it's I think it's helpful. All right. What about you, Jeff? Uh, well, first is I physically prepare. So if it's cold, I put on more clothes. Uh, if it's raining, I put on a rain jacket. Oh, <laughs> so logical. <laughs> yeah. So first I physically prepare, but then I also have like a twisted mental thing like everybody else. And it's very similar to Jay's, except it's a, a bit more, uh, I don't know, evil or competitive basically i think i want to hear it yeah basically i sit there and as soon as it starts raining i'm i'm kind of like 
oh, good. I bet these other motherfuckers can't shoot in the rain kind of deal. It's like, yeah, I can shoot in the rain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that, that I mean, that's what I do. I just got a free do. leg up on all these weak people. Exactly. And, and Tyler Turner, Tyler, if you adopt if you adopt this strategy, you can be like, good. These other people are going to quit after I beat them. <laughs> in the rain. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's going to suck for them when I beat them in the rain. Uh, yeah, that that's kind of where yeah. my mind goes. Yeah, it sounds like we're joking about all this, but like, it, it's no joke. Oh, no, no, you guys are totally serious. This is what you actually do and think. You're not nice people. <laughs> no, I, I 100% like sometimes I say that out loud when someone's like, when someone's like, oh, no, it's starting to rain. I'm like, oh, it's a good thing that nobody else can shoot in the rain. I get a lot of, do you want to borrow my rain jacket? And it's like, no, I'm not wearing a rain jacket because I don't care. Once you have a rain jacket, you're trying to protect something, right? And you're like, oh, I'm going to keep myself dry. And so then, like, all of your thinking is about, like, I, I don't want to lose something I have. If you don't wear a rain jacket, you're like, all right, I'm just wet. Now, you know, with the dot, it's, it's helpful to cover up the dot physically. Like, there's problems when it accumulates water. Like, yes. Back, back to cold water and getting in the cold water, because I know that Jeff is just, like, ready to go for this podcast for another half hour. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it's similar to the rain jacket thing. It's, you get in the water and you want to fight the cold. You're like, I'm going to tense up and, and be like, no cold. And yeah. that just distracts. Like as soon as you're like, as, as you just relax and you're like, oh, I guess it's cold. Then that's when you, you calm down enough to, to uh, take control of your thoughts. And it's wonderful. The end. Wow. Wow. That's so good. You're such a shaman, Jay. Uh, I've never seen Jay Beal and Henning Walgreen in the same place. It's a good point. It's a good point. All right. That is all we will be discussing this evening. If you guys have not checked out the video that we released, it did release last week. So if you haven't checked that out, go over to the YouTube channel. Watch the video from the Area 3 Championship this year jeremy and i did a race it was amazing it was foolish um it was comical and then we shot the match and we documented the whole thing and it's a really awesome video that that we put a lot of effort into so go check it out again thank you to shooters connection for sponsoring today's episode if you guys want to join the discord go hit the link in the description below please subscribe add us to your list listening list and check us out on social media. Do you guys have any sign-offs from your end? My, my sign-off is to uh, pay attention to what Walther is doing this week. That's all. Shit. This is uh, where I would shout out my sponsors, if I had any. You have intentionally avoided this, though it's pretty impressive. <laughs> All right. That's it, folks. We'll catch you on the next one.